hoodwinked. Remember the name. Tony finishes off in style. What a start from England. What a start from Wokes. Edge done gone. Welcome to the first episode of Edged and Gone, where for an hour we talk all things cricket. I'm Seth, a second year student here at the University of Birmingham. I'm originally from North Devon, big cricket fan, um, and joining me every step of the way is my trusty co-host and fellow member of the Chris Wokes Appreciation Society, Emily Marshall. Em, how are you? I'm good, thank you. That was a glowing intro. I yes, love it. of course. Amazing. Yeah, big, big, big member of the Chris Wokes Appreciation Society, not going to lie. Absolutely lovely, a lovely bloke from what I can, what yeah. I can get from what you've told me. Amazing bloke. So, Em, tell me a bit about yourself. So I am a massive cricket fan. Um, I'm also a cricket journalist. So, I currently work for the Warwickshire County Cricket Club media team. I head up all the women's stuff for them. Um, also cover the men when needed to and. Do a bit of writing here and there, do for a few websites, done it for a few papers for the ECB. Um, yeah, just been a massive cricket fan since I was, I think, 13. Sat on holiday with my dad watching it and been glued to it ever since. That's a pretty glowing CV compared to me, <laughs> who's been on three sports shows and now is taking the plunge to start a broadcast. But yeah, I mean, no, it's amazing. We only I'm get so the best excited. in. We only get the best Thanks. in here. <laughs> So you are you a Warwickshire fan? Is that your I team? I am, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so originally I'm from Lichfield, go to uni in Birmingham. So I would always say Warwickshire's, even though they're not that close to home home. I would always say that always say they're my home county. So yeah, I feel really lucky that I actually get to work for the county that I support, and I like I love the club. It's a, it's an amazing club to work for and to be a part of as well. Yeah, and you've got a pretty great office, you know, Edgebaston. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. nice. There's some good views. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, I'm a bit stuck in Devon. There isn't really, I mean, there's Somerset, but it's yeah. not that close. So, no. you know, I am quite lucky, though. Um, there's North Devon Cricket Club, which is just down the road, which is like amazing views. And it's been voted the best cricket club in the country. And I have seen that. Yeah. I think it's been featured on the ICC website and stuff. So, um, you know, if I have oh, a fancy. Practically famous. Yes, <laughs> basically. <laughs> North Devon's on the cricket map. So, Somerset fan. I mean, I only recently got into cricket, so... I haven't really followed much county stuff, especially this season. I did follow the Bobble List Trophy, but, you know, it was pretty limited. Couldn't go to any games. Mm. Then, obviously, the Blast, Somerset bottled it again. Bears bottled it as well, didn't they? They didn't get very far. Yeah. Didn't even make the quarters. And no. no, in the like, we had literally, like, one hand on the quarterfinal, and then North Hans literally came out of nowhere, and, like... <laughs> in the last 10 overs absolutely like took the game away from us so yeah everyone was really confident and then that happened so yeah but it was it was an okay season I wouldn't know how to describe it but Jim Tratton has left um, Warwickshire um, as head coach it was outed as he's gone to explore further opportunities and broaden his horizons I think that's a fancy way for saying asked to leave and couldn't basically say no he's no longer coach so he's had three years in the role um first year was more probably the most successful and then hasn't had masses of success since but i think he i think he's been dealt quite like a bad hand he had a very bad injury crisis last year that yeah. obviously hampered results like that was my first year covering the men and i saw single-handedly like we were getting players in from like left, right and centre. At one stage the bowling attack had one Bears player in it and the rest were like drafted oh, really? from far and wide. Like 
Ben Mike from Leicestershire. Um, Craig Mars was like a very last minute signing. Yeah. From Gloucestershire, uh, Toby Lester from Lancashire, and a few others that I literally can't remember because they literally played for one game and then went back to their counties. <laughs> so it was mental. Like I was literally thrown in at the deep end. I think it's probably a bit unfair to him to be sacked on the basis of a pretty mad year for cricket. Yeah. The Bobbleish Trophy, you got one bad result and that probably hampered your chances of getting to the final. T20, I don't think we played that badly, to be fair. Some results didn't go our way and we were outplayed on a few games, but I don't think we played that badly. Yeah, it was an interesting one. I don't agree with the decision. Maybe somebody else no. higher up does. <laughs> well, exactly. That's it in cricket, isn't it? You, you seem to have one bad season and that that's it. It's Yeah, which is a but, shame. But hopefully it'll be good. It'll give the the chance for sort of a bit of a revolution within the Bears and hopefully it can come back stronger season. Somerset got to the final mm-hmm. and then we did, they didn't even lose. It was a draw. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously Essex had the higher first inning score by 20 or so. Just couldn't get Cook out in that first innings and that, that proved pivotal. Obviously, Somerset's always been been known as the bottlers and, uh, you know, it's another season without a trophy. Tom Abel's been captain for a while now and I think he is the right man for the job. He just needs to, he needs to stick with the team because obviously Bess has gone, yeah. Bess has gone to Yorkshire, Jamie Overton's gone to Surrey, is it, where they seem to be hoovering up all the players. But if you can keep hold of Craig Overton and if he doesn't start playing for England, although on a personal level... That's not great for him. For Somerset, that would be the best thing for them. Just need to shore up that top order because um, there were so many injuries. Had that um, George Lammerby, Tom Lammerby, oh, that's it. Oh yeah, Tom Lammerby, yeah. Who won the uh, breakout player of the season? If he can prove he's not a one-season wonder, shore up that top order, and then obviously with Craig Overton in the attack, he's he's a seasoned county player. He can really bring it home as well. So hopefully next season we're better. That's enough county chat, I think. County cricket's good, but it's just not the same as international. The level is just so much better, and it's been seen time and time again, hasn't it, with players, you know, being drafted from county cricket with averages of 40-plus and just not being able to do it. At the international stage, there's just one player I did want to talk about briefly is Gary Balance. I don't know okay, how, how much you yeah. know about him. It was his 30th birthday the other day, and it sort of it sparked a lot of debate on the Wisden Twitter, the ESPN Crick Info Twitter. Was um, He averages something like 40-plus in number three in internationals. And I was just wondering your thoughts, because obviously number three at the moment for England, although Crawley had that incredible innings against Pakistan, it's by no means cemented in place. So would you give him another chance, or do you think he's destined for county cricket for the rest of his career? Gary Balance is a weird one because watching him play and get, was it three centuries in that summer? Yeah. Was the first summer I properly watched England Test Match Cricket. So it's almost like he was obviously really good, but it's almost like what happened. And I am sort of in the camp as it's a little bit too far gone now, I think. Like, I just yeah. think his chances maybe just gone that, just a little bit. Like, I think it's too far-fetched at the moment for him to come back because I know he obviously has a really good average, but I would rather give game time to Crawley, Burns, Pope, the players who I'm going to probably see in the next six years play yeah. for a longer period of time. No disrespect to Gary Balance, but he probably only got four or five years, six, yes. seven at a push yeah. left in him. And it's it's hard at the top. He's yeah. admitted himself that he had a few issues being at the top and that the pressure probably got to him the wrong way. I'm not sure how he feels about coming back, but... Unless he's totally ready and totally comfortable with coming back, then I don't think he should be forced to come back or pushed into coming back when it's not like we're completely on the search for anyone anymore. A year and a half ago, I'd have probably said, yeah, 
because I think we were desperate. We were crying out for people then. But I think this winter's a little bit different. We found Sibley, thank God. What a (laughs) hero. Yeah, what Um, a hero. Crawley is a brilliant player. When your dad's flying you out to Perth at the age of 10 (laughs) to learn the bounce of the whacker, then, yeah, I'm going to give him a go. Pope is an excellent player. I, I like Burns as well. So I don't think at the moment we're crying out for him whereas we were no. probably 18 months ago. So for me personally, I think it's a no to him coming back. For like numerous things, the pressure of coming back obviously got to him last time, which fingers crossed he's totally okay now. That's a big act to go to an Ashes series next year. That's not the place where you want to be in a tough mindset. Like Jonathan Trott proved that, that like if you're fragile, that breaks you. And then also... I think his chances maybe gone a little bit too much. He's a county cricket wonder. There's no doubt about that. But I'm not sure England's the place for him anymore. No, I think whilst Ed Smith is the selector, he's yeah. he's out of the picture. And like you say, yeah. I think England have adopted this sort of new mentality under Chris Silverwood following last last year's Ashes, is that they are building to next winter's Ashes, as shown by the decision to drop Stuart Broad in that first test against the West Indies to play Jofra and Woods instead of. You know, Broad, who is, in my eyes, one of the greatest fast yeah. bowlers of all time. So I, I've, I completely agree. Whilst Ed Smith's the selector, whilst we're preparing for the Ashes, that the balance his time is over. And obviously with Denley as well, I think his time's gone. Although there are the jokes that you know Ed Smith goes to bed wearing Denley pajamas and and all that, but um, I I think he's probably out of the picture now that um, they've given Crawley that that summer to sort of cement his place. Yeah. They they made that decision. After Denley didn't perform against the West Indies, they they decided to go with Crawley, and obviously that paid back massively with that incredible innings that will be talked about for years and years to come. He just kept on batting and batting yeah. and just <laughs> absolutely he was loving it, and and that's what you want to see from a young player. That's what but you want. Yeah. exactly, and I think there are calls for him to be given more of a, a white ball chance next year as well, and I think that definitely should happen. Him and Pope, obviously, you want all your best players in the team yeah. and I think he had a really good start to his blast I don't think he finished it as strong as he would have liked but he was hitting hundreds in T20 so I think that sort of demonstrates the type of player we got on our hands and him and Ollie Pope as well who I'm a huge fan of will be in the England team for for years to come whereas I feel players like Balance and, and Denley I feel like their time is their time is up really yeah I feel firstly the Denley thing he's out of the picture for now but with balance, I'm probably ruling out a comeback. But with Denley, I'm not. Because oh, really? a lot can change in an England team in 12 months' time. Yeah. Um, as we've seen for the past however many years. Yeah. Um, yeah. It seems never settled and it probably hasn't in about the last five or six years. Um, one, to be fair, probably after retirement of like Swan, Strauss, Pryor, I don't think we've actually had a settled England team. No. They might have won trophies, but I don't think the team has actually been settled. So if there's a space in the team and Denley has a, another good county season next year, then I, I don't think it's a no to him coming back to a space because I do think he's a good player. Um, He can dig in, which is what you want in Test Match Cricket. He works well in partnerships. He's a good rotator of the strike. And Ed Smith clearly rates him. I don't think it's a categorical no to him coming back next year if there's a place for him. I don't think at the moment he's coming back with the players we have, but next year, if Pope doesn't succeed, Burns doesn't succeed, Sibley doesn't succeed, then I'm not ruling out him to come back and fill a space because he is quite reliable. Yeah, um, I yeah. know he didn't perform in the West Indies, but 
give him three tests, give him six, seven, eight innings, then I think you're going to get a return from him. He might not go and score 100, but I'd rather 70 than nothing. Yeah. So either way. And this, it's interesting you say about the Crawley in the one-day team. Yeah. I think it might come, but I don't think it's coming yet. Um, Do you not? So that 50-over team is a world champion side. Yeah. And I just don't see a place for him to get in it at the moment. There will be a chance for him to get in it. Some people will naturally retire or they won't be in form. So there will be a place for him in it one day. But I think at the moment, the best thing he can actually do is probably not even think about that, is to just focus on being the best test match player he can be. And I think it will be when that comes, it comes. But don't think about it at the moment because we've seen what happens when players... We saw it, granted it's the other way around, but Roy was thinking about opening in a test match and we all know how that went. Yeah. So I think the best thing Crawley can do is know that as long as he's playing his best in test match cricket, then the world is going to see what he can do and the selectors are going to see what he can do. And once there is an opening in the one-day side, then he is probably top two in my list. Yeah. But I don't see how he gets in it at the moment. That squad is unbelievable, the 50-over squad. At full strength, they are obviously champions, so... At the moment, quality is a no to one day, but it is going to happen. It will happen. We found that, didn't we, When for later in the pod, when we're going to be picking our T20 sides, how oh difficult God. it was. <laughs> I sat there for about 20 minutes just trying to, oh, but where does he fit and where does he fit? And we've made some <laughs> difficult decisions, so we'll get into that later. But I think that's a nice that's a nice little segue into the main focus of the, the podcast today, which is the England versus South Africa white ball series which is coming up in the next week it's been a long two months since england played international mm-hmm. cricket it's been very long we had to suffer through the ipl in our opinions <laughs> but obviously we're here now the first game's on friday and it's a return to south africa i mean we were only there well in february was <laughs> the yeah. last time we played in yeah. south africa some cricket's better than no cricket so obviously there's three t20s so the focus of this episode will be on the the t20s which are coming up on friday sunday and then tuesday And then we'll do a similar episode next week, previewing the ODIs. Yeah, so this week's going to be a T20 focus. The key squad news is, as you were just saying, Sam Billings sort of said this week that this England team is one of the hardest sports teams to get into the world. And you've justified that point to no end, honestly. You know, they're ranked second in the world for the T20s. They're ranked first in the world for the ODIs. And this white ball team is up there exactly what Billings had to say. The first place I'd like to start is with the squad and with with Joe Root. Obviously, he's been left out again of the T20. (laughs) For the audio listeners, um, Emily was making hearts with her hands. Love of my life. He's the type of guy. He's the type of guy that you'd want to take home for a cup of tea with your nan and introduce to your family. You know, they decided... Yeah, they decided he wasn't up to scratch for the T20 squad this time. And obviously, the World Cup coming up in, in October and November next year... Do you see him making that team? Do you have a place for him in your team or not? Do you think he should focus on longer formats? I think the want for him in my team and the place for him in my team are two very different things. I would love more than anything for him to succeed in T20. There's absolutely no question about it. Joe Root is my favourite England player and probably is one of the big reasons why I'm sat here talking about cricket. 
So not only did I sit and watch the cricket with my dad, I also looked at him and was like, as like a 15-year-old teenager, I was like, oh, he's so beautiful. Um, so yeah, I'm not going to lie, I'm a little bit in love with him and still am. So yeah, I would love nothing more than for Joe Root to succeed at all three formats. Also, he's scoring all the runs in these warm-up games, so he's proven yes. he's still got it. It's just the question of whether there's the role for him in the team, I think. Exactly. So he obviously plays a really good anchor role in the team and can control an innings really well. So in the 2016 World Cup, we have him to thank for us getting to the final and yep. the final being so close. He played an absolute blind river innings in the semi-final against South Africa. England were down and out totally. And he came back and the role that he played in that innings was so crucial that he was able to switch between controlling the game to absolutely hitting the ball out the park was insane. And the same thing that he did in the final, wickets were absolutely tumbling around him and he could switch between them two modes like I've seen no other batsman do. Yeah. But it's whether England want to go with someone who can control an innings or they're just going to go for out-and-out power. I think at the moment their plan is definitely out-and-out power. So in my team I have Bairstow and Morgan and they yeah. can play that anchor role as well. Granted, I don't know if they can switch between the two as quickly as Joe Root can. I think Morgan can. Yeah. Bairstow is a bit more questionable. So it's worth the space for probably two of those sort of players. He doesn't get in the team at the moment because everyone is, like you said, it's so tough to get in that team. But I would love nothing more for him to prove himself and at least get in the squad. Because I think he deserves it. Yeah. He was sort of cast aside and I didn't really see much of a reason like I'm a, I'm a little bit biased not gonna lie <laughs> but also didn't see like massive reason behind why he was sort of just like it started just like slowly slowly getting disregarded from like T20 sides with not much backing why yeah. other than the fact that all the players that are in the squad now are like world class basically yeah so I'd love nothing more for him to get in the team but at the moment, I don't think he makes the team. But I would love to see him in the squad for the World T20. And I think there is a place for him in the squad. Maybe not in the 11, but definitely to go there. Yeah, and I think with a with a batsman of his calibre, like you said, the way he can switch between the roles, you'd almost be silly to leave him out. But yeah, like you totally. say, the, the T20 squad at the moment is so, so competitive you know there's talk of leaving out the number one ranked batsman in t20 like yeah. you know he's he's hit the fastest hundred for for england in t20 yet there's still talk that david milan might be left out of the side so you know if if the number one batsman isn't getting in someone who is clear the selectors don't favor for his t20 game despite he had that blinding world cup and he offers the 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 spin as well yeah you know, exactly it's it's such a difficult one but i think that his position is known and I think he knows what they expect of him and I think as well you know he's you shouldn't underestimate the toll that being captain of the England test side could take on him Mm, so I feel like although for the T20 it's a bit of a shame I feel like if he can play the ODIs play the way he does because I don't think obviously they are completely different games but he doesn't change his game when he no. plays ODIs or te- he always tries to go on about a hundred strike rate, you know, yeah, and and just he always allows himself to build, get himself in and build build the innings. And I think there just isn't really the time for that in mm. twenty overs when you've got yeah. players like you know like Milan who he might be kicking out of the team. So yeah, it's a difficult one though, and we'll have to like you say in the inter squad games he has been yeah. 
he has been performing, but I think obviously see how this series goes, and if there is a bit of a an issue at the top or you know at number four where he he could come in and and perform at the World Cup. But I agree, he should be in the squad. Whether Ed Smith agrees, that's we'll have to wait and see. And Butler, in my opinion, the best white ball player in the in the world. Does he open? Does he finish? Is he the finisher for you? I think our teams are a bit different. Yes. So it was that, that this is causing such a headache for I don't know how they're gonna select it because no one I've spoke to agrees. We all have similar things, but like nobody agrees on like a set team, which just shows how like how difficult it is to get in it. So I have two different batting lineups that and probably two different bowling lineups which are more <laughs> pitch dependent. Yeah. Which is obviously naturally gonna happen. Two different batting lineups. So firstly I go Jason Roy to open. There is no way I'm leaving out Jason Roy. When no. he is in form, he is on absolute fire. He yes. was so crucial in England winning the World Cup. And in my opinion, one of the best white ball batsmen in the world. He can clear a boundary. And like the way that it's just like shot after shot after shot. I know. It's he ridiculous. He can play the same shot six times in a row. is insane. So Jason Roy is opening in both of them. <laughs> Second, I to open with Roy, I have Bairstow. I think their partnership actually is very underrated. Yeah. People obviously noticed it in the World Cup and when Bairstow wasn't batting with Roy, Bairstow wasn't batting his best. No. Um, and when they came back together for the semi-final, you saw something incredible. Yeah. So I think their partnership's actually really good. The way they work together is brilliant. The way Roy lets Bairstow loose, but also the way Bairstow allows Roy to play that his game because he knows Bairstow's at the other end. It's not two reckless players. They're both controlled, but they both know they can go from ball one, which is yeah. exactly what you want. But I also see the argument for Butler opening as well yes. because best white ball batsman in the world, you want as much ball time. Yeah, yeah that's the reason. As much balls. Yeah, as that's possible. the reason he's he's opening with Roy and my team because, yeah. like you say, you just need to get him out there and he just needs to get into the groove and yeah. you know I feel like he sometimes does take a, a few balls sort of to get into it and I feel like with open opening that could be a bit you know problematic with the new ball with the mm. you know the batsman bowling their fastest yeah. but I think once he's in as demonstrated in that in that T20 in in the summer against Australia when he he bat, he carried his bat yeah finished 77 not out hit a six over I think it was Agar's head to win the game and it was just incredible so I think he can still play that finisher role when he opens, but obviously he can't play the same. He can't play that opening role when he's in five. And the thing is, if you know Bearstow and Roy play a blinder, he might not even get to bat, which yeah, exactly. is ridiculous in my yeah. opinion for the best batsman <laughs> for the best white ball. So so with your team where Butler's opening is Bearstow in at three or yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's the same. Yeah. Yeah. He like I said before, he offers like two very different things. He can absolutely fly or he can rein himself in, know that he might need a bit of time to settle and that's okay. Yes. And can just play them two roles really like really good. Works quite well with both of them. Hopefully he'd still be batting with Roy if he's in at three, and if not, he can bat yeah. really well with Butler, so it's not really a problem. And then Milan comes in, his rise to this team has been like so exciting. Yeah. And he's one of my favourite players in it. Like to think that a year ago people were like casting him out of the side is ridiculous. Like he's amazing. Like undervalued, I think, at Middlesex. I, I think um, yeah. hundred yeah. percent. So no wonder you know, he left. <laughs> yes, yeah. But <laughs> and then I have Morgan coming in at five who Yeah. Is, 
obviously the best T20 captain in the world in my opinion. Yeah, 100%. You know, he's just incredible to watch. Like, yeah. I could watch Morgan bat for hours and hours yeah. and <laughs> would not get bored. He's so elegant. But the the way he plays, his power is ridiculous, obviously. Oh, with the amount of sixes he hits, the way he can almost caress the ball over the boundary <laughs> for want of a better for term. Honestly, it's just incredible. No matter what the situation is, you know, him coming in at five is the difference between ch- chasing down the total and not if we're yeah. if we're in in strife you know if we're free down and morgan's coming out you know more often than not he'll put a score on even if it is a quick 30 a quick 40 that completely changes the dyna- dynamic of the game and you know we're so lucky that he decided all those years ago to to go for the white shirt instead of the green but yeah. the less mentioned of that the better but i'm thanking honest- my lucky stars yes Honestly, he is part of it. absolutely incredible. And yeah, like you said, the way he played against Afghanistan, I think it was, in yeah. the World Cup, that innings was... It was one of them times where I couldn't actually believe what I was seeing because we I all know. know he had it in him, but like that performance was amazing. Like No disrespect to Afghanistan, like the bowling wasn't as good as, like say, against Australia, but like the way he cleared the boundary and just I like Every time. to stay in for that long... And to consistently be like clearing the boundary over after over was insane. Yes. Um, but yeah, so he, and also his captaincy and his leadership is by far one of the best. And I think yeah. with him captaining, England have a really good chance of winning the T20 World Cup. Yeah, I have to agree. I feel like, you know, obviously he did guide us to the, the World Cup and I feel like nobody doubts his captaincy, but I still feel like there's subtle subtle things he does like he he'll move the field slightly and that will yeah that will impact the game greatly and it's just stuff like that he knows exactly what he's doing you know the fact that he was given the the captaincy midway through the IPL season as well shows how much he's rated over there you know how they feel he can do a job and I just feel we're so so lucky to have him so he's in at five and then Stokes in at six you know I feel some people some people don't rate him t20 wise which is absolutely ludicrous. I know how you cannot have Ben Stokes <laughs> in an England team is yeah, beside me. You know he offers he offers that batting, which is just like like with Morgan, I could watch it for hours. It's it's completely different, but it it still is game changing and yeah. you know world beating in the sense. But he offers his bowling as well. You know I feel like he's still very underrated as a bowler. You know we'll ignore that World Cup final. Um, <laughs> But I feel like since then, that's sort of been the catalyst in his career to where he is now. You yeah, know, obviously, totally. last summer where he proved with two of the three formats that he's absolutely incredible. And I feel like he still needs that moment with T20 to redeem himself. And I feel like that will come at some point, hopefully in India in the final next November when he that hits 100. Amazing. I think yet- he's one of them players that like, it's not always going to come off. Like, yeah, he's yeah. world-class. He's consistent, but not as consistent as I think England would be. like him to be or as yeah. he thinks he should be. But when it comes off, it lights up the team. Like, and it lights up cricket. There's yes. no denying that when he's on form, it's the same as, like, Jason Roy. It's not always going to come off. But when it does, like, you know about it and it's and yeah. it's game-changing. Yeah. So I, I think leaving him out is a massive mistake. I also... Don't massively see anybody else at six. No. If there was another all-rounder absolutely crying out for the spot, knocking the door down, then maybe. But he's number six in my team and it's going to yeah. take a lot for someone to change that. 
Where's Ben Stokes? That's all you need. <laughs> you yeah, could be, exactly. Uh, be going through the worst form of his life, and you'd still you'd still pick him because you know yeah, totally. that he can perform. So I feel like him at six is an absolute mainstay, and you know it's quite funny because in the IPL just before he uh, produced that a hundred and I think it was hundred and seven not out to win the yeah. game, chase it down. There was an article written in Wisden, and it was like, is Ben Stokes actually that decent as a a T Twenty player? And then obviously he just does that. He just produces the most incredible yeah. chase. You know, he hadn't hit a six, and I think in in the IPL before that innings, and then obviously comes and knocks a century in T Twenty, which is doesn't happen very often. So um, no, I feel exactly. like you just shouldn't doubt him whatsoever. No. Never doubt Stokesy. He'll always provide. And then so yeah, that's the. Well, seven. So I've put. I'm not sure about seven. I think for me, I've written Moeen, but you know, I've had a last minute change of heart, and I think it does depend on the on the pitch. But if yeah. the pitch allows it, and there's only the need for one spinner, then I'd put Sam Curran in at number seven. You're not his biggest fan. Yeah, no, I'm not. As the listeners <laughs> will learn over due course. Um. So the next bit for me was probably even harder than the batting, yeah. which says a lot. But yeah, th- mine is very pitch dependent. So, okay, if we're going with one spinner here, yeah. Um, my number seven is probably Moeen Ali. Yeah. Um, and then over over eight, Rashid. Well, yeah, that was really difficult. Yeah. But I think the batting that Mo offers is a little bit different. Yeah. But like either one of them could play, and yeah. like I wouldn't really have an issue. Like. Depending on like yeah what what type of pitch it could be mo or it could be rash. Um, if you want an extra batter, then obviously Ali. If you're not yeah. if the bat if you're not bothered about the batting, having a bit of a longer tail maybe then rash. So if we're playing Ali, he's in at seven. If we're playing rash, I'm going Tom Curran. Um, yeah. At seven. Handy with which, the bat as well. Yeah, exactly. Maybe a little bit higher, probably one position higher than he'd like to bat. Yes. Yeah. Um, but he's. Like that batting lineup's amazing. Like, yeah. I don't, if if the tail starts at like Tom Curran, then I don't think that's a bad thing. No, not um, at all. And then probably Jordan maybe at eight. If and then Rash at nine, and then Archer and then Wood. But yes. again, like very pitch dependent. Like two spinners, you take Wood out. Yeah. Um, Jordan and Archer ten and eleven, and then Mo at seven. Corinna eight. Pretty handy nine. ten and eleven with yeah, exactly. uh, Joff that's, and, uh, that's the and thing, Jordan. Isn't it? But the thing is, with Jordan, I've actually left him out, which is, I know the thing is, I don't think I've watched enough T Twenty cricket recently to understand his importance in the England team. And I think if I if I live to eat my words, then I'll put my hands up <laughs> and say this is an awful. But yeah. I just I think I feel like internationally he is very consistent but he also has a very bad game in him but the the player that mm-hmm. i've picked over him mark wood isn't exactly different it's i not feel exactly like... mr consistent no exactly <laughs> but i just feel like especially since we're playing south africa i think they've got they've got nokia rabada you know yeah. two of the best t20 bowlers they're very quick and i feel like you've almost got to to meet fire with fire you know Joff and and Woody in the same team is just a sight to behold. You know them opening the bowling would just be absolutely incredible. You know two ninety mile an hour plus bowlers for England. You know that's unheard of. And no, I'd... yeah, totally. 
Um, which is but, why, like, if we're only playing one spinner, then Wood is yeah. like 100% next person in my team, no question about it. Yeah. But like you said, I sat here two years ago on the Burn Cricket Show and said that Chris Jordan was robbing a living. Two years later, he, I think, is one of the best T20 bowlers in the world. Watching him for Sussex is, he's amazing. And watching him for England as well. Um, I, yeah, he, he has a bad game in him, but everyone does. Every T20 um, bowler does, yeah. Yeah. His control with the ball is amazing. His slower balls are fantastic. His yeah. ability to control at the death. Quite, to be fair, he's very economical. Um, he never used to be. That is something he's massively improved on. But yeah, his death bowling is amazing and him and joff obviously like best friends yeah so brilliant partnership but yeah two spinners you go with, and you go with jordan, jordan over woods yeah. yeah i just think like you say fire with fire but our fire is joffra um yeah. and that's enough Wood has the ability to go around the park i think a, yeah. a bit more than jordan does yeah. um i think wood will get a go but for the first game i'm going with archer and jordan yeah, I feel like with Wood as well, there's not really... He get, either gets hit around every yeah. every corner or he's on target every time, mm-hmm. do, bowling darts, but like bowling people, getting the edge, getting them to hit up in the air. And I feel like it almost depends what sort of Wood we get because on the last tour of South Africa, actually, he didn't perform very well in T20. No. He was great in the tests. Um, he was absolutely incredible with bat and ball, but in the T20s, he actually really underperformed. And I feel like with Jordan, it's not that he's the boring option whatsoever, but you know you're going to get that control. He's you like a safer you, option. Yeah, yeah. you're going to get that economical bowling. You're going to get someone who can do it at the death because as much as I love Joff to bowl at the death, you know, that super over still went for 14. <laughs> like, I know, but still bowled a wide first ball. No, so, thank you. <laughs> and I think he did He did that in the IPL more than once as well. I think he bowled a wide in, a, in the last couple of overs and he always mm. seems to be very economical up until that 19th, 20th over yeah. where he does seem to sort of lose it a bit. So I feel like with Jordan, I think you've actually convinced me to take to take Wood out and put Jordan... And Jordan is very handy with the bat as well. Like, can hit a long ball, really long yeah. ball. Like, his arms are, like, incredible. The power. Yeah. Amazing. So, my bowling lineup, I think, although Curran, Sam Curran, he had a great IPL, I think I'm going to stick with Mo, you know, experience over youth. Yeah. Stick with Mo. And then Tom Curran at eight. We've already spoken about him. I think he's quite experienced in internationals now, actually. And yeah, totally. He can bat. He's he he can bat a bit. You know, he got a fifty not out in the IPL or or whatnot. So, I feel like he can he can do a job at eight, and he can bowl incredibly at the death, mm-hmm, which totally. is another option. Joff at nine, the every superlative in the book. Jordan at maybe Jordan at nine, Joff at ten, and Rash at eleven. But that tail is pretty yeah. handy, which is I feel yeah, like. Yeah, we said about it starting early, but I feel like all of them are at the same level though. Yeah. So like it might start at like seven or eight with Curran. Yeah. But they're all the same. Like I say, they can all hit and bat a bit. So yeah, exactly. Not, apart from Rash, maybe. <laughs> well, no, no I, Rash. I think there was that um, the ODI against Australia in the summer where he he yeah, hit okay, a fair. very quick runs, which actually led to the victory. So I feel like don't be too harsh on Rash's batting. Okay, I'll I'm say not doing this. A disservice, but... And he'll get a first baller. <laughs> I don't feel he's at like Jordan level, but yeah, no. the rest of them I feel can all hit a long ball and yeah. hold their own out there. So, might be a bit of a longer tail, but yeah. it's not a bad. It doesn't get worse. 
it doesn't get that much worse as you go down. I'd prefer them to be batting if we're batting first as opposed to us batting second, I'll say that. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, so who, who are you going to predict to be the star player of the series on well, the England really side? That's a question that you didn't tell me you were asking, so I've had no time to prepare. Um, can I pick a batter and a bowler or does it have to be... Yeah, you can go okay. wherever you want. So, batsman of the series, I'm going to go with... Oh, that's really difficult. <laughs> This is Milan's series. This is his think? chance to prove why he why he was picked. I think Butler's going to blow us away. I think Jason Roy is going to blow us away. Besto's going to have a really good series. Morgan's going to have a really good series. But I think Milan is going to blow everyone away. I hope you're right. I and hope then, you're right. I really hope I'm right as well because I'm <laughs> always wrong on this show. So it'd be nice to be right for once. And then Bowler. Between Jordan and Archer for me. But I'm going to go with Archer. Because yeah. the firepower that he has is going to be, like you said, it's going to fight fire with fire. I think yeah. South Africa are going to think they're going to be apprehensive about facing him. Um, yeah. And I think he's going to be very successful this series. I do think he's going to have a good series, although I'm going to go for a really left-wing to- choice. I think Tom Curran is going to be player of the series. Okay, no, I can get behind that. Yeah, I think. Fair. He was quite unfortunate in the IPL not to get more of a chance, but I feel yes, like agreed. he's proven in the Big Bash time and time again that he can mm-hmm. do it. And I feel like he's been, I'd say he's been okay to good for England so far, but he yeah. still has, I still feel like there's another gear to him. Yeah. And I feel like if he does go with the teams who've chosen, he has got the potential to show what he can do with the bat. And I think he... Also, with the bowling, I feel like he can really, really demonstrate it on the world stage for the for the first time, in my opinion. But hopefully he just gets a run of games, because I've said this, yeah. and then he'll be dropped for the first game, and then <laughs> his brother will play, and we'll yeah. be sat there. But yeah, I feel, I don't know why, I just got a good feeling that Tom, I'm going to be made to eat my words. Uh, but yeah, I think Milan, you know, he's had, what, 16 matches, and his average is yeah. still 48 which is incredible. No, this is um, his chance. This is his yeah. time. Because I think he's going to get three games in a row. Yeah, yeah, I feel like. a big thing as well to get. Yeah, because... in this team as well. Yeah. I think it's the same sort of issue with Curran. Like you say that he's been okay to good, which I would agree with. Um, but he's sort of been in the side, out the side, in the side, out the side. I think yeah. if he's given an actual chance to settle into a side, and also with the players around him, he'll have confidence to know that even if he messes up, for a bit, it, the onus isn't going to be on him. Yeah, there's there's a whole team of world champions around him. Like he'll be fine, and I think he'll be really good. See, that's why I didn't choose Joff. That's why I chose Tom Curran because everyone's going to be focusing on Joffre. He was mm. obviously the MVP in the IPL, so yeah. he's come off the back of that. He bowled a ridiculous amount of dot balls. He's got a ridiculous <laughs> amount of wickets. He's got. He's got good wickets, well. It's not like he's just cleaned up the tail. He, no, I yeah. think he, I think he got Decock. He got Warner twice. Um, oh, he's got obviously got the wood over Warner recently. So, good. You know he has proven that he can do it at the start. So, I feel like with Tom Curran, obviously he's going to come in and hopefully you know Joff's just rip through them, and then Curran has a chance to sort of come in and prove what he can do earlier on because he is known for his ability at the death, and hopefully he can prove that once again. And hopefully this will be his series. Yeah, I. I completely agree with Milan. I feel like yeah. it's diff- it's a bit of an understatement to say he's been okay to good considering <laughs> he's the top rank 
uh, T20 batsman in the world and he's also hit England's fastest ever T20 100. You know, one of two players to do that. So yeah, hopefully he will get that chance in the strongest team as well. Mm-hmm. which, you know, in the summer, obviously Stokes wasn't there and they were experimenting with Banton and, you know, he was sort of coming in and he was the, the level head. He was the experienced person. Yeah. But now, like you say, he's in the team of world champions. The onus isn't on him. He can go out there and just play his natural game and hopefully reap the rewards and hopefully score another 100 or, you know, prove you right, which would be, a, like you say, <laughs> be a change. Great. I'd love that. <laughs> Um, it's interesting you mentioned Banton, actually, because yes. I think Somerset boy as well. Yes. Um, but did move from Warwickshire, so, you know, still fan. I think he's very unlucky to not get in this side. I don't think at the moment there's, same as Joe Root, like, there's just not the room for him in the no. side, but he's very unlucky. Like, he is. If, if the others weren't around him, weren't so bloody good, then yeah. Yeah, there'd totally be, a, like, a space for him. I think... The best thing for him at the moment is to keep being in the environment, keep pushing himself, keep learning. Yeah. And in a, in potentially even like six months, 12 months next summer, his time will come because we, we've yeah. all seen what he can do. And he is fantastic. Real, real talent. Like, England haven't had an exciting player like him in quite a while, to be fair. Like, someone yeah. who's young like him. So young and has got all of the years ahead of him to prove what he can do yeah um, obviously we've had joff but he came quite late in his age yeah i think whereas banton he's 19 20 he's got all the time in the world to progress so yeah i think if we didn't have a team of world cup winners yes then he would 100 percent get a game but there's just not the room for him right now i think the poor lad's just absolutely knackered in all honesty i know, you know also yeah <laughs> he's he went out to the the psl and then he went off to the ipl and only got two games and obviously he's been in Dubai for six weeks or seven weeks yeah. and not really playing cricket but he's been training every day he's been in the the bubble because obviously he he got somewhat of a chance in the summer and I think he wasn't batting where he wanted because he is an mm. opening batsman at yeah, the end of the totally. day and he didn't really get the chance to prove himself there he got a couple of games but you know the the step up like we said earlier the step up from county cricket to international cricket is is huge I don't think it can be underestimated no. So I feel like he needs that time to to grow. And at the moment, that team just can't facilitate a player that, yeah, he might score 60, but he might get, you know, out for five or seven or something. Yeah. He might hit one six and then go. So he just needs, like you say, keep doing what he's doing. He needs to have a rest. Yeah, <laughs> he needs <sleep>. to, <laughs> he needs to, and then come back stronger. Um, And he needs to focus on T20 cricket for the moment. You know, Vaughan came out and said, that he needs to be straight in the test team, batting at six. No, and he's it's no like, way. no, you know, just let him, let the poor lad no just way. do one thing at a time. Do we all make it just a pact to not listen to what Michael Vaughan says? <laughs> yes. Like, just do the opposite of what he says. Great captain, um, questionable opinions. But yeah, yeah. I agree. <laughs> and, a, and another player I want to talk about very briefly is Sam Billings. And I want to know your view on him. Because I feel like he will get a game. He hit fifty two in the in the warm up. I feel like it will be more the the ODIs where he'll get a game because obviously he hit that hundred against Australia. But he can fit into this T Twenty team. Obviously, it is like you say, extremely difficult to get in at the moment. Almost feels a bit like you'll either get an incredible player or you'll get a very average player. In my opinion, I do think he's not. I don't think hard done by is the right word because I don't think it's. It's not the ECB doing, it's not anybody's doing that he's not getting a game. It's just that the calibre of the team that he is in 
just means that unfortunately he isn't getting a game. It's not through not proving himself. Yeah. Granted, he had a few seasons where he played for England, go back and absolutely like flump basically for Ken wouldn't perform for them at all but he's definitely worked on his consistency and it's a lot better now than it was say three years ago um he's a brilliant player but i don't think like you said you're going to get an incredible innings or you're going to get a very bang average innings yeah like there's no in between and i don't know if england are ready to bank on that yet i think he will get a game because he's an amazing player the power that he has the game awareness that he has are brilliant Um, he's really worked really hard as well, he goes around the world, plays any tournament that he can. Um, I feel he's another player that probably could do the rest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I don't know who I'd take out for him, which would be a problem. No, I don't think so, there is a space in the team for him. Yeah, no. But like like you say, he has sort of become that player that you can rely on for a 50. I feel like this is going to be more of a, a debate next week with the ODIs. But with the T20s as well, he he's another sort of anchor role. Which is not what this team needs, you know. No, we've, exactly. We've already got Milan, Morgan, you know, Bairstow to an extent. You know, they're all players that have played Test cricket and have scored Test hundreds, and obviously that does mean that they can play that role where they can sort of sit back, rotate the strike, and let Butler, Roy, Stokes, Ali to an extent just absolutely smash it around the park. So I like you say, I feel like in the build-up to this World Cup, we just need to play our I think we just need to play our strongest 11 whenever we get a chance because obviously this year has proven that we have no idea how many games we're going to actually have before the World Cup so we need to make sure that the team you know is set in stone they need to decide on the team and then obviously like you say it's it's not hard done by for Billings you know in in another life he would be England's star batsman 100% but but he has been given chances as well and I think we can't underestimate that we can't so I don't know. Obviously, I think the New Zealand tour last year comes to mind. I think he was given the gloves a few times and I just feel like yeah. he didn't... Yeah, I don't think the keeper nothing, role is for him. Nothing anyway. to write home about. No, Obviously, with yeah. Butler, with Bairstow. It... Also, Banton as a keeper as Banton, well. yeah. Like, we so... don't need any more of them. <laughs> He's probably dropped the wicketkeeper dream, I guess. Yeah. Aspirations. <laughs> But, like, there's so many players we could say the same to, though. Like, in another world, in five years ago, they'd have been probably the butler of the team. Like, yeah. I'd have Billings to open and face as many balls as possible. Because if you need time to get in, then go for it. Because you know you're going to get fireworks. Yeah. But just right now, I just don't see him competing with Roy Bairstow, Morgan and Butler and Milan for a place in that batting lineup. Yeah, no, I don't see him getting in that. <laughs> Yeah, that batting lineup. Every time you say it, it's just absolutely incredible, and I just I feel like Mental. even even Moeen as well, who you know, know. has it in him. Yeah, number seven, Stoke. Oh, can't. Yeah, exactly. So I think I've heard this term so many times, and I'm getting sick of it. But it's such a nice problem to have, isn't it? Yeah. Like it's not like yeah, it's not like oh, we need to pick you know Timmy from from Lancashire who who's yeah. hit one T twenty fifty because the team's on the you know getting bombed yeah. every time. Um, so I feel like we probably should move on to, to South Africa. You know, obviously there are two teams in this series. Um, you wouldn't realise that so far. <laughs> um, you know, and obviously the last time South Africa played a T20, they got bowled for 96. Um, ah, that's looking good for us then, isn't it? Yeah, and they lost by 97 runs. So they didn't even, you know, get 50% of the yeah. way there. Nice. <laughs> South Africa are one of those teams which are so inconsistent. And I think they mm-hmm. proved that 
in the series last winter. They've obviously got world-class players. They've got Quinton de Kock, who is one of the best opening batsmen in T20 in the world. They've got players like Faf de Plessis, who I know you are a big admirer of. Not sure if it's for cricket reasons or <laughs> just for other... But, just, you know, he's just a great man. He's a great player. Him. And he obviously, he was the captain. He now doesn't have the captaincy. And I feel like that could almost play to their advantage you know he can sort of just yeah. let off the leash and a faf de plessis in form is a force to be reckoned with 100%, in my opinion totally. and then they've had players such as rabada who you know has had an incredible ipl he's he picked up the purple cap is it i think it's purple i think it's purple. probably For, sponsored as well by somebody. yeah the, the fanta grape purple yeah. cap <laughs> or something like that and then nokia as well who didn't seem like anything special last time we played, but then was bowling 95 an hour yeah. thunderbolts in the IPL. So, <laughs> I mean, hopefully these players are going to be absolutely shattered and, you know, we Butler yeah, hits totally. them for six every other ball. But I feel like they, they are a team to be reckoned with and I feel like it could be a good series or I feel like it could be very one-sided and it sort of depends what mood you get South Africa in because yeah. once you get to cock out, once you get to Plessis out, they haven't really got much else in the top six that you're going to be writing home about. You know, they've got uh, Van der Dussen, who, who did prove he, he can have a good game every now and again, but there's they haven't got that consistent player yeah. that they can turn to. Like we can... T- that we've got a handful. You know, we've got Morgan, we've yeah. got Milan, we've got Stokes. You, you can expect at least one of those, you know, if we fail early to on through, yeah. to come through. Whereas with I'm looking at the squad and, I mean, David Miller, he can do the job. But apart from that, you know, Van der Dusen, like I said, Henrik Klaassen, he can do a job. But this all, all the... but... Yeah, but then you're getting to the tail then. And it's... Yeah, I just don't think their team screams fireworks the same way our team does. Granted, no. there's a lot of probably, like, new faces in that South Africa team that I've probably yes. seen play, but don't really, like, recall seeing play. Yeah. Uh, probably because they didn't do anything massive to stand out, maybe. But I think you look down our team and you just think, wow, every one of them is world-class. And if yeah. not world-class, they're pretty much nearly there. And you look at their side and you think, yeah, four or five of them are good, <laughs> but it's everyone else around them. Like we spoke earlier about Curran. He'll be confident because of who he's playing with. Yes, um, yeah. Not that I'm going to say that Decock, Faf, Rabada are not confident in their side. I'm sure they are. But you just look at the other team and you just think, wow, like that's yeah. what we're up against. And there's five of them there that you'll think, yeah, they're good players. And if they play well, then South Africa have a chance. But I hope it's going to be a good series because I really like an England-South Africa series. It's actually probably one of my yeah. favourites. Um, I think it's actually really competitive. I like South Africa as a side. There's certain sides I dislike, but South <laughs> Africa I actually like as a side. So I do like it when we play them. So I hope it is going to be a good series. England are out there to win before oh, England have been. And it happens in all sports. Like It happened in the netball series before, like two weeks ago, um, obviously. Obviously and netball, yeah. Yeah. England have had issues with it. They've gone on developmental tours and switched combinations, tried different players in different positions. And they've come away going, we haven't really learnt a lot and we haven't won anything. Yeah. But I'm, they're out to win this time. Like you said, I just hope they play their strongest 11 and don't do the whole switching around. We don't know our side for the World T20. Well, play your strongest 11 and you'll find out your side. <laughs> yeah, like, I completely if agree. If they're winning, that's your side. 
So I think we will have South Africa. My prediction for the score is 2-1 to England. I think South Africa will have it in them to come back for one game, but I think England will win ultimately. So I agree. I think it will be 2-1 because I'm looking at these names and I feel like with the bowlers though, that I didn't mention, you know, they've got Lungi and Gidi, who is a very promising young player yeah. as well. And I feel like there will they will strike with the new ball and I feel like over time they have the they have the capacity to bowl us out despite our world class no, totally lineup. Yeah. And I feel like players like Decock, he will inevitably get a fifty plus score at least once. Yeah. Faf will probably get a fifty plus and I feel like it will be a very competitive series. I think it will be a tight series and I'm really looking forward to it. You know, it's the return of international cricket. And it'll be something good to on at like convenient times. I think it's on at four on Friday yeah. and twelve thirty on Sunday, which would be so lovely. Don't have Sit- to cope with any time differences. No, it's no exactly. Australia, New Zealand, like it's a no. normal time, which is nice. <laughs> so yeah, two one. I think, like I said, Tom Curran will. This will be his series where he really makes his name, and I feel like this will be the series. This will be the first series in a while where we see that top six all coming together to honestly just smash it out of the park. It'll be a high-scoring series, I think. It always is against the the South Africans, and I feel like there will be a few 200-plus scores. Yeah. Inevitably, with our bowlers, you know, Rash will probably go for 50-plus one, one game, and then Joff will bowl George about 14 well, wides. Probably, yeah, I've said that. <laughs> yeah, and Curran's not even going to get picked, or he's going to get one wicket for 118 <laughs> yeah. or something. So everything we've just spoke about for the last hour is essentially out the window. <laughs> <laughs> But no, it will be a great, great series and I think it will be wonderful to have that international cricket back. And especially, you know, although I would say Test Cricket is my favourite format, I think I do I do enjoy watching the T20 and the ODI as well. So it will be great to sort of, you know, sit back and it's, it's exciting and we'll see some huge sixes from Butler to score England 289 for four and South Africa bowled out for 14 and then, uh, <laughs> and then not that you're got, optimistic. It'll be great fun, and but no, but I feel like there will be a few, few players in the South Africa side that will surprise us. There'll be a few breakthrough yeah, totally. players because, like you said, whenever they choose an inexperienced team, there's obviously reason they've been chosen for the, yeah, the international no, side. So you know, hopefully they put on a good game. Hopefully they don't roll over like they did with the Aussies. No. Although even when they got bowled out for ninety six, they still did manage to win a game in that series. And I feel like they do have a lot of issues up the top. Um I feel like there yeah, was this tour was problems. even this tour was even at risk last week because the interim board were were threatening yeah. not to ratify. <laughs> and you know, and I just hope that isn't reflected because cricket is so powerful in South Africa for so yeah, many reasons. And they deserve a, a good series against, you know, obviously, you know, one of the big three sides, you know, England are coming to town, be a, a good good few games and um, our predictions issues. will all be right. I but, know. yeah, I think issue is a light work <laughs> situation in yeah. uh, I think South Africa. South Africa have never been the same since A.B. de Villiers retired yeah. from international cricket and there's no question about that. He was the glue that held that side together. That's not necessarily where the problem stemmed from. But it's just sort of no. coincident that once he left, that side has never really been the same. There's issues on their board, not going to lie. Yeah. But there was issues on West Indies board and they won in 2016 T20 World Cup. So yeah. fingers crossed it doesn't affect them. It doesn't trickle the down. Yeah, hopefully yeah. not. And yeah, so 
it'll be a good good series and obviously it's kicking off on friday at 4, 4 o'clock 4 p.m so we'll have reviews of those games and we'll look forward to the odi series where the world champions will come back into play against the south african team hopefully buoyed from a good t20 performance and hopefully you know we'll have lots to talk about and we can look back on our predictions and laugh at ourselves or go and buy lottery tickets um, because we are looking into the future yes <laughs> so you know first episode of a podcast uh, hopefully it's gone all right i don't know what the, yeah, the verdict have, is i've had so much fun i well, love talking cricket yes great host there, well thank so. you very much Talk so yeah <laughs> i've had i've had a great time talking cricket for an hour and we'll do it all again next week thanks for listening this far guys it honestly means a lot and uh see you next week bye